Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to episode 19 of the WP Builds Podcast. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on wpbuilds.com. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a little, tiny little web development agency in the north of England. And I'm joined, as I always am, every week by David Wormsley. Hi there. Hello. How are you today? Yes, very good. I'm in a slightly stressed position, actually. We're, um, we're moving house, or at least we're trying to move house. And so I'm in caught in the throes of... Selling this thing, buying that thing, getting the builders in and the electricians, it's all very stressful. And I know you're sort of going through a similar thing. Yeah, we're off on our travels. Well, we're giving up the place that we've been in in Goa for some time now. So we're not coming back to this place. We're coming back to Goa when we've been on maybe four months of travel. But oh. uh, we don't know where we're going to end up. In fact, we don't know where we're moving. We've got two days in a hotel from next Monday or Tuesday. And, and then we don't know where we're living for the next month. So it's uh, kind of scary and exciting. Do you thrive on that? Do you like the fact that you don't know necessarily what tomorrow or the next week brings? Or is that something that worries you? <laughs> I'd love to say yes to that. But no, I kind of like <laughs> order. <laughs> My wife loves it. She loves traveling and, and just looking around and seeing what happens. And I must admit, I do like it's good for me. But yeah. I'm kind of somebody who likes to get up and do the same things almost every day. Yeah. And I, I, need, I need something like this just to keep me alive. I think. <laughs> well, I used to travel a lot. Many years I've traveled around the world and I loved it. That whole notion of not knowing what's going to happen and the chaos of each day from one to the next. Until one day I suddenly woke up and I didn't. And it was a very marked moment in time. And I thought, I need to go home now. Um, and so I did, and I haven't really travelled apart from at weekends and you know for family holidays and things ever since. So there's a part of me which wants to, which longs for that again, but I know that yeah. there's a part of me which would probably uh, re re rebel against it and act all churlish. But yeah, well I hope you, uh, I hope you manage to get yourself sorted, and maybe will it be the next time that we talk to you, or is it two weeks time you're moving? Yeah, well no, it's um, this. Uh, come in Monday night, we're on a train overnight and end up in Kerala, which is in South India. Um, it's a beautiful place. Yes. But uh, yeah, so by the time we're recording this next time, I shall be in a place that I don't know about now. That's really interesting. And uh, hopefully you'll find some broadband connection otherwise. Oh, no, you've yes. got your little you've got your little sort of portable Internet connection, haven't you? Which is quite nice. So even if even if yeah. you can't manage to find a, a hotel or a house, if you like, with with an Internet connection, you're still good. Yeah, well, that's a theory, but we are, you know, moving from state to state here. So uh, things don't kind of run as you would expect. <laughs> yes, I can well imagine what that might be like. Well, you never know. Next week, it might just be me droning on about WordPress <laughs> things and asking open-ended questions and there'll be no reply. But let's hope not. Hey, um, speaking of this week and next week, did you know, David, that this week is European Day to hug a web developer or designer. Did you know that? I didn't know it. 
I look to you for all of these special days. I, Fantastic. Yes, and remarkably, the, the the you know these special days seem seem to just come out of thin air and seem to reflect very nicely the topic that we've decided to do. It is remarkable. It's also quite remarkable <laughs> how a lot of the the artwork that goes with these special days tends to look very much like the stuff I would produce. I don't know quite why that is. But um, there you go. <laughs> Interesting stuff. So, yeah, if you uh, know any web developers or designers, you've got one week uh, in which to hug them. Um, no, no, sorry, not a week. It's the European Day. So on Friday, the 30th of March, you must hug somebody who is a web designer or developer and, uh, you know, just make them feel good. <laughs> 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 should we should we get on <laughs> yeah we move on we'll um, be doing a lot of self-hugging won't yeah we? I'll, i shall hug myself that's right yeah so news sections as always a bit i'm getting a bit into the whole mixed bag of not wordpress and wordpress news which i think is quite a good thing so the first one if you're if you like android and you're a follower of android you'll know that they have a man called andy rubin because andy rubin uh actually was a co-founder i think he's certainly a founder of the Android open source project. And um, for a long, long time, until quite recently, he was employed by Google to oversee that project. And obviously it swelled and became the biggest mobile platform on earth under his stewardship. Well, he broke off from them a little while ago and he has set up a company called Essentials. And this is just a vanity thing. He's come out, he's He's touting, you know, like they do. They sort of tease these things. He's teasing a phone, which kind of looks like no other, in that the screen stretches from the very top of the phone to the very bottom of the phone. Um, and that that's all there is to it. You know, that is the news item that I'm talking about. I'm just very excited about a phone with a bigger screen. <laughs> so there you go. The link will be in the show notes. Um, I I really like my mobile phone, but you're not fussed, are you? No, I hate mobile phones. Do you? That's really interesting. Do you have a phone to test on to make sure it's responsive? Or do you yes, just yes. Yeah. Uh, my wife's Android phone, so ah. Samsung that she has. So, yeah, we, we do rely on it, but uh, I just don't like to carry them myself. No. Oh, I love it. The, the, the more up-to-date and the more feature-rich it is, the better. I like features just for the fact that it's a feature. I probably will never use it, but I'm able to say, ah, yes, <laughs> but this phone can do this. Uh, you know, and uh, you, that's just the way I like it. Um, I'm actually looking for a new phone. If anybody's got any good advice, I'm erring on the side of waiting for the OnePlus 5. Uh, but if anybody thinks that I should get something else in the meantime, it's strictly Android. I'm only doing Android. Let me know in the show, you know, in the comments. OK, now this is a proper bit of news. Google, who obviously run um, or own, if you like, the Chrome browser, they have decided this week that they are going to distrust over time um, all Symantec SSLs. Now, I can't remember where I read it. It might be in this article, but apparently that's as many as one third of the entire base of EV SSL certificates, extended validation certificates. Now, um, an EV certificate is different from a normal domain level certificate in that the, the company that supply the certificate, be it Komodo or Digicert or in this case Symantec, they do they do some due do, do they do uh, they do <laughs> due diligence to check that you are in fact who you say you are. So they phone you up, request bank details and a company documentation and so on and so forth. Well, it would appear that Symantec have been a little bit less thorough than they ought to have been. And Google have kind of caught them at it. 
and essentially they've mm. been issuing these extended validation certificates without doing all this. So obviously it's being abused um, and if it's being abused and Chrome is saying quite clearly in the top this site is secure and and they're displaying the name of the company in the URL bar and it's being fished, then that's not good for anybody. So they, they are slowly but surely going to start distrusting those certificates. So if you know anybody or in fact you have been using them as an EV certificate authority, you need to act very quickly and get in touch with your clients and explain that they basically need to purchase a new one or go to Symantec and I'm guessing they'll have some sort of refunds policy. Perhaps not, I don't know. Um, I don't ever use Symantec, I'm lucky to say. Uh, so yeah, there you go. I've used Komodo and Digicert before and I can recommend them both. Okie dokie. Right, this next one is a bit weird. Again, it's to do with um, Android, I suppose, and Google. Um, now, if you want to listen to this podcast, you can simply say, OK, Google. And at this point, just about every device in my house wakes up and goes, <laughs> um, and then you can say, listen to the XXXXX whatever podcast. So, OK, Google, listen to the WP Builds podcast latest episode and it will play it. Um, and that's a new thing, apparently. I never do it. I always mm. push buttons. But there you go. I'm going to say it loud and clear. Put it near your put your put the speaker near your mm. Android phone. OK, Google, play the latest <laughs> WP Builds podcast episode. Let's see what that does. Probably nothing. But there you go. Fun, 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 fun. More technology yeah. getting into your life. And yeah, that those those things can be quite invasive. I went to my um brother's house this weekend and he's got an Amazon Alexa. And I was able to make his house significantly warmer and cost him money <laughs> by saying, Alexa, turn up the thermostat to twenty nine degrees centigrade and up it goes. <laughs> it's quite fun. <laughs> you can buy things as well, but anyway. Um, right, the next one is a WordPress-related one. WordPress, this is make.wordpress.org, the new directory, which apparently, the new plugin directory, which features a new UI, is almost ready to go. There's a tiny little issue queue on track, um, which needs to be ironed out, but uh, we're, we're basically at the point very soon where we're going to get a new UI for plugins. And I think the, the process for approving plugins has been streamlined a little bit. But you can read uh, you can read that in the um, in the show notes if you like by clicking the link. Okay, the next one is again WordPress related. This time, sorry, it's not WordPress related. It's um, mm. it's a word fence. Um, blog post. So I suppose tangentially it's related, but it's essentially saying that just because Chrome says that a, a site is secure, don't necessarily trust it. We've seen the rise of a certificate authority called Let's Encrypt, um, and they are they are basically an automated service where you can get a domain domain level certificate. Um, because it's automated, it's liable to phishing, and in fact, so it is. You know, they put yeah. up they they've put up URLs which look extremely like authentic URLs, like play.google.com, and instead of having a forward slash, it has a hyphen, index hyphen secure.com. So actually, you're going to the domain name com hyphen index hyphen secure.com, and they've created a subdomain of www.play.google. And they can therefore pretend to be, um, and they can get a certificate, which is issued by Let's Encrypt, because they are, they do own that domain, but it looks very much like they own, um, and, and this is coming from uh, Google, and the same is happening to Apple. So just a little heads up, very interesting little article to read about that, um, uh, probably important mm -hmm. for us guys to know that stuff and protect our clients from it. 
um, and get a paid certificate if they can afford it. Okay, the next, <laughs> oh boy, ay, ay, ay. Amber Rudd, who is the UK's hangs head in shame, um, <laughs> Home Secretary, has, uh, okay, so we, we had an atrocity this week, which, you know, nobody can justify, it's horrific, um, it was in London, You've, you may have had the news, she has used this as an opportunity to um, essentially say that encryption ought to be outlawed, that encryption on any level, so for example, through Signal or WhatsApp, um, ought to be made illegal. Um, I can't remember the exact words. She said, yes, that um, basically encryption should be com is completely unacceptable. The state should have the ability to crack encryption. Well, I don't know if I agree with that position or not, but... Some of the fallout of this is some people got caught up in the net. So obviously she's pointing the, the picture at, um, sorry, the pointing her finger at people like Facebook and WhatsApp, who is who, which is owned by Facebook as a conduit for these sort of secret messages that the state would like to get into to spot these kind of things happening. But then also in the dragnet, she's mentioned smaller um, people like WordPress.com. Um, and and that, that feels a little bit close to home to me because obviously it's a platform of, of free speech it's a flat platform for people publishing whatever they like, and and it feels to me that that's a that's a bit of a broad brushstroke to to paint WordPress.com or indeed .org as as problematic. Um, I can't see it being any more problematic than anything else. But there you go. Have you got any thoughts on that one, David? No, it sounds crazy. It sounds um, like I don't know. Why don't we all have to by law uh, wear no clothes so we can just spot a a a, a suicide bomber? You know. From yeah. site, you know, it's, yeah. it's it's that kind of mentality, really. You know, it's difficult, isn't it? No. Because you know, you get uh, you get something mm. atrocious happening, and the the law, despite the fact that it's very rare and very unusual, the law kind of drags us all in, um, in order for that thing to never be possible again. Um, yeah, it's a very difficult one, but it feels to me like the, the, the privacy advocates are going to obviously reject everything that she said, and, and we'll see where that debate goes. Okay, um, two more, two more, two more. Tom McFarlane, um, very, I guess, famous WordPress developer, has chipped in on Pippin's pricing increase for his plugins. We mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and he's basically saying that he thinks it's folly to have community-based support forums. Um, obviously, if you're in the Beaver Builder community, we've been there, we've done that, we've had community-based, it was stripped out, it went to um, support tickets, and then we then we got Facebook, and then we got uh, Stack Exchange, and now we're playing with Reddit. Essentially, what he's saying is that community-based support forums, where the community take a certain proportion of the support tickets and try to answer them are just a stupid idea for developers simply because they give wrong advice sure enough they sometimes give good advice but they sometimes give wrong advice and if they patch something incorrectly they might cause more problems later down the road which the developer then has to fix if you like twice so yeah interesting um mm. yeah what, what what do you think about that one I have no thoughts at all. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Mm. That's okay. I shall keep rabbiting on. Um, I, I think he's got a point. I, I, there's a lot of times I've been into sub-community support and I've noticed that the the people who I've paid are just not present and the people mm. who are volunteers are doing everything. Um, and whilst they might be helpful, I, I want the answer from the real person so that I know that this fix is not going to 
break something that the volunteer doesn't know about um so mm. anyway there's there's you there's your there's your story there last but by no means least uh, this is an article in forbes and it's all about the fact that because word wordpress as a as a platform is growing exponentially if you like that it's a really um an, an interesting place to be and it you know there's a whole slew of conferences coming up and it's kind of painting the picture that really wordpress and word camps and that kind of thing is a place to go to we're moving away from wordpress being sort of run by uh, run wordpress.org websites being run by small to medium businesses and we're getting to the point where it's run by large businesses enterprise size businesses mm -hmm. and the fact that as this happens um, these wordpress conferences are going to become more and more important over time and the wordpress uh, the word camp in london was 600 people the word camp <clears throat> excuse me in paris which is coming up later this year is now, is now 3000 I mean, that's wow. enormous. That's gigantic. <clears throat> and when you've got that scale, you you have a lot of power. Um, so there you go. Interesting article. Uh, you're probably placed in just the right place if you are, um, uh, you know, building with WordPress right now. It seems like a, a, a the perfect place to be. So there I am. I am done with the news. Yeah, so that was a lot of news. Yeah, so sorry. today's topic... Uh, we could go any direction with this one. We're calling it, what do you need to know to offer a full web design service? And we were talking before, weren't we? And we were going off on all sorts of tangents with this topic. So what do you think we are actually talking about? Are we saying what do we need to know to be a, a web designer? Yeah, it was interesting. When we came up with this idea of this topic, I kind of fixated immediately on the um, not knowing. I kind of fixated on the tools, the things that we needed, like the Mac and the, the software. And then it kind of dawned on me, thank, thankfully, that we'd done this before. Um, so, no, I think we're after the knowledge, the kind of things. I mean, I guess it's a given that you've got to understand HTML and CSS. Do you think it's a given that you need to yeah. know JavaScript? Probably not, because I don't. I can do a fair bit in JavaScript, but a fair bit is not a lot. You know, I can do the, 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 the stuff that I need to do, but I am not an expert in it. I have to really think very, very carefully and read up. So, okay, fair enough. We've ruled that out. We don't need necessarily to, to know JavaScript. Do you think, though, that's going to wash in five years' time? Probably not. No. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> We're doomed. Yeah. So, okay, go out and learn JavaScript deeply, as Matt Mullenweg <laughs> yes. said. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it would be... I think they're your basic three skills, aren't they? If you know... If you know JavaScript, CSS, um, and HTML, you're at least half the way there. Then I suppose beyond that, you need to know some kind of um, server-side language, um, you know, be it PHP or .NET or something. Now, obviously, being WordPress, I'm guessing that we're all into PHP and have a smattering of that. Again, is that a requirement, do you think? Well, do you know what? I mean, we could challenge even the first bit with just the HTML and mm. CSS. You know, mm. if you, if you've got a web designing service and now with page builders, do you actually really need to know those? I mean, if you're a good designer and you can take a client brief and realize that without needing to touch the CSS, which is getting you know closer to the truth these days. Yes. Do we even need those? I think you're probably right. Um, no, perhaps you don't. I suppose when you get to the point where it's not perfect and you want it to be exactly as per the, mm. the, you know, the Photoshop document or whatever, then yes, there is that element that you need it. 
but maybe maybe 10 years from now um you know these page builders will be so advanced that all of the javascript functionality that you could ever need is built into a point and click interface and all of the um color options and padding and margins and excuse me and whatever else that you yeah. might need will be built yeah. into yeah that's a really good point so basically we're out of a job <laughs> Um, yeah. So proper web developers who can build things like page builders, you're fine. You're gonna. <laughs> you've got a long and fruitful career ahead of you. The rest of us, we're done for. No, of course not. That's not the real skill, is it? So what? What else is there to all of this? Then do you think? I don't know. You know, it just reminds me when I first sort of came into being interested in um, making websites and the debates that were around at that time 2006 really i'm going back to mm. and that was really there was still talk and i think we still are talking about that now um is that the net was still early most people were just trying to realize um their visions that we'd have in their brochures um businesses would have on the on the web so they were trying to make the stretch the web where it was only a html uh, text based thing into something that could be beautiful and that most sort of web designers of that time were really people coming from graphic design mm. trying to learn the skills to realize what they did on brochures onto the web and and that, i guess when i came into it it was a little bit further on from that debate when um people who were really started with web development were saying, well, there's more to it that the web doesn't, it, it isn't just brochures online. You know, there's different things at play here when we talk about traffic and conversion and people respond to a website differently and graphic designers can make the worst um, designers because they kind of focused on the wrong thing. And I don't know where I'm going with this one, to be honest, but, no, but this I, leads I, me, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it leads me to my problem really with it. The whole thing I come in, looking at the word design as being my thing. For me, design is all about solving a problem, you know? Um, so if somebody designs a bridge, you know, there's some technical problem they're trying to solve there. And I see web designers being the same as that. My clients don't, and, and I would think quite a lot of designers don't too. They would concentrate purely on the aesthetic design and, um, you know, realizing somebody's brand image online. That's completely different to my vision. How, how do you see it? Yeah, just sort of going back to the things that you mentioned, um, I I was kind of getting into web design or development, whatever the right word is, uh, just at the time when CSS was coming around and tables were mm. just sort of going out. So I had, a, I had a little bit of a play with tables and then CSS mm. came along and it, it felt to me at that time as if, yeah, you're absolutely right. Graphic designers had a massive amount of software, even at that time that could put anything anywhere and make anything look the way that they desired and there was a great a great upswell that things like css would suddenly make all of this possible that you could make um, a page and just lift it directly out of a brochure and make it look the same on a web page and of course that was tremendously difficult so there was a great a great learning curve, I expect, between designers and website developers, probably trying to educate one another. Yeah, this sort of thing can be done relatively easily and cost effectively. This kind of thing cannot. Um, mm. And so, well, and then along come the mobile devices and kind of reset all of that again. Um, you know, suddenly you've got to make things responsive and collapse them down. I, I, to, to me, I think you're right. Um, web design is about solving problems. But design always sounds to me 
as if it's done in Photoshop. When somebody talks to me about web design, mm. I, I immediately think about a Photoshop expert who is brilliant with palettes of colors, great at fonts, brilliant at juxtaposing mm. a really nice image with a nice bit of text and padding it beautifully. And everything just looks superb. So to me, when I hear web design, I think mm. about things looking immaculate and beautiful. Um, and, and I have a very hard line in my head that that's not um, development. So development mm. is separate from design. Um, and of yep. course, that's where my problems begin because yeah. I am not a designer. I mean, I am, I am, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'm certainly not the world's worst. Um, I'm better than a four-year-old, but I'm not as good <laughs> as somebody who does this professionally, you know, literally all day, every day, just churning out beautiful, um, I don't know, brochures or flyers or, or websites mm. for that matter. So I understand what you mean about it being a problem that needs to be solved. But for me, it, it always feels like it, it's an aesthetic thing. But I do like the idea that it's a problem to be solved. So you're sort of saying that um, you're trying to... So d design and development are all coalesced. They're mixed together. Um, and if, if you design something well, you will solve a problem. Is that what you're saying? Uh, sort of. I, I'm really just from the, I think it's the fact that often design processes, particularly if you're freelancers, they can, there are a lot of freelancers out there who, who are specialized in aesthetic design. So they probably show off their portfolios to clients and the clients see them and say, I like the look of the work that you do. And the, the start of the process for building a website will largely start on the, the mock-ups that they make up with the visuals. Mm. And probably skip over the bit that's really important to me which is what's the problem what's the aim what's the objectives of this site what's it need to achieve for you and uh, and that kind of stuff you know so what i'm saying is that i think you know for me it's it's all the kind of stuff about what this site can do for you you know how you'll mm -hmm. get traffic and conversions what what how you're going to make your business a little bit better um is where i start from and i tend to think you know if I call myself a designer, that kind of gets in the way of talking about those things that I think are really important because we start to move straight away into midway through the design process yes. as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Yeah. I think it's very – well, to be honest with you, I literally cannot remember the last time a client talked about conversion to me without me mentioning it to them. The yeah. client always fixates upon – the redness, the blueness, the font, yeah. the size, the position. So it feels to me as if clients are all about design unless mm. they've got some sort of technical understanding. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. And, and I probably am not very good at drawing that conversation away from it and sort of saying, yes, the design is of, of significance, but the conversion is the most important thing. And at the end of the day... I'm guessing that the client, um, let's say you had a choice between only these two options. If you had a choice of a really ugly site that converted really well and mm. a beautiful site that converted badly, um, mm. I know what the designer would want, but I know probably mm. that the customer would want op the opposite. They would want the conversion. So, mm. yeah, that's interesting, the idea that... Um, the, the, you know, the design is the solving of the problem. And I do need to work on that, I think, and explain, you know, just because it doesn't look exactly how you want it, 
but the data, the analytics data and the conversion data is telling us that things are working in your favor, then, mm. yeah, it's not all about the way it looks. But from a, a non-technical point of view, I can well understand why most people, that's all they can think about. It's blueness, it's padding. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's interesting. Do you... Um, we did, go on. No, I was going to say it did seem in the early days when it said, what skills do you need to be... A, I, I read those articles when I was first interested and that was it. You know, you needed to learn a little bit of um, uh, HTML and CSS and be able to use you know certain tools and put together a static site was basically your your key skills that you needed you know and have some understanding of visual design you know how to use space color and typography that kind of stuff or well, mm. not that there was much in the early days of typography but that was it but i'm just thinking now you know is the new what you need to have a, a full web design service is that necessarily the case is it not now more important that you you maybe know a little bit about your seo about user psychologies how the long tail works you know with the internet and that kind of stuff and it's the html stuff and all that's not so important now because we can you know get the works i mean i don't touch html now since i've used page builders mm. do i even need to have known that stuff really mm. it's um the, the 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 one thing that I love about this industry is that it's always moving forwards and always changing. And the one thing I hate about this industry is that it's always moving <laughs> forward and it's changing, because I I never feel that I know enough. I yes. constantly feel, and also that's because the internet promotes the internet, doesn't it? And web design. So you know, web yeah. designers are very good at pushing out content, and web development agencies are very good at pushing out tutorials. And so I'm constantly barraged through my um, you know, my RSS feeds and all of this kind of thing of the things that I need to know next. I constantly feel guilty about not knowing this. And in the end, it boils down to, I suppose, what you what you need to do. Mm. And I, I, I've, I've kind of hit a sweet spot where I think I know what I need and, and I know what I can handle and I know what I can't handle. So as an example, um, I... It depends really on the budget, I suppose. But if if the budget, let's say that somebody approached me from a, a very small local shop um, and asked me to build them a website. Well, the, the budget, depending mm. on what it was, it's going to be me doing the design because I look around the mm. Internet often enough. I'm, you know, I am able to look at rival shops and see what their new design is like and kind of take those ideas and motifs and apply them to a, a new um, website. Um, so I could do that work myself. I could do the design work myself. However, if I was approached by um, a very large client who had a significant budget and, for example, let's say they had um, a team of designers or, or at least they paid a team of designers at some point to come up with a design brief and they had their own um, requirements in terms of fonts and palettes and all of that kind of thing, there's, I, I, I would let somebody else take that work from me um, in order to do it to a certain standard, because I, I just think the expectation would be different. Um, mm. Yeah, what do you think? Mm, no, I agree. I just, what I was thinking is, have you changed the things that you learn now from the early days? Because, I mean, obviously that's what I was first learning was HTML and CSS, and that took quite a lot to, to get in my head and, and get the understanding of JavaScript at least, even mm. though I can't use it properly. But you know what moved and I don't know if that's just my interest growing or whether it's just the necessity of the job we're doing but you know I started to move into uh, reading things on copy because you know when it came down to it when I thought about websites to be honest the copy on those websites are probably more important than anything I do mm. with the look of it <laughs> and so that got me into reading things 
by copy hackers and people like that. And then also the conversion stuff. You know, I watched most of the unbounced stuff as well because that seems so relevant now to what I'm interested in and, you know, read a lot of books on on all things related to conversion as well as SEO. And that, that I think I'm led still more that way than mm. I am looking at, say, how to do JavaScript <laughs> now. Yeah, it, I, um, it's interesting because it sounds like you've been taken down a path of the things mm. that you enjoy reading. Uh, and if that's Maybe. true, that's certainly the case for me. I, I dwell in places where I'm enjoying it. Um, and also mm. I dwell in places where I've got an immediate problem and I need it fixing. So, um, you know, if, if there's a, a problem, like I need a calendar or something and it, it's not behaving in a certain way, I, I might dwell in that kind of, you know, topic forum of a, uh, a plugin maker and I'll, I'll be there for until that problem's fixed. I've kind of got a busy life outside of this um, industry and the time for me to um, sit with a book and and just sort of dwell on articles and think and pontificate unfortunately for me those those moments have gone so i'm very much I, i'm very much trying to solve problems very quickly and then move on to doing what the what the fix is and then moving on to the next thing and working out what that is i would love to spend time reading about you know the copy hackers and the unbounced and all of that i really would because there are there are areas where obviously i could improve and and make big differences but I just don't seem to have the time. Um, that that yeah. is that is one thing that I really wish I had more of. Is is you know the twenty nine hours or thirty hours in a day thing would be good. So no, I, I'm drawn to where the problems are, um, mm. not to where I would like to be in in five years time. I, I wish I wish I had more of that time though. No, I was just thinking that I just I think in the you know the forums particularly like the uh, facebook group for beaver builder that we are in a lot a lot of people are obviously influenced by the same kind of reading you know which is not just how to make a website and uh, so i'm just wondering if that's uh, one of the things that you know going back to our title is one of the things that is it something that you need to know to offer a full web design service do you do you need to know a little bit about copy do you need to know the stuff about conversion is that are you serving clients well yeah um, if you don't know this stuff you know? I, I think i think you can't know it all um but you need yes. to know a bit um my my idea really is that i need to know somebody that knows if you know what i mean so in other words if i can't do it i need to i need to be aware that somebody in my in my circle of friends if you like is able to take that task yeah. away from me and, and do it um, on a freelance basis for me. But yes. I, I couldn't do everything. And I suppose that's why agencies exist, is because it's just full up with a whole different bunch of people who all know something very well. The mm. idea that one person as a freelance can know as much as the combined forces of an agency, clearly that's that's never going to happen. But yeah, I, I do think it's our responsibility to know a certain amount. Clearly, if somebody talks to you about um, design you have to have a, a vague notion of what's modern what's up to date what's completely crass and and you know out of date mm. and looks ridiculous and if somebody starts talking about ways of creating marketing funnels you have to know a bit about that you have to understand the basic premise of what it is but but not necessarily how to build a complicated one um, and, yeah. how to, and you needn't necessarily have implemented it for yourself um, it, 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 there's a bit of an imposter syndrome thing going on here, isn't there? We, we always, well, at least I always feel when I'm client facing 
that I need to kind of uh, how to describe this. I I feel the need to reassure the client that I'm on top of everything and that I understand everything myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not that good on sort of saying, oh no, I, I don't, I've, no, I'm not sure, but I'll get back to you next week. I I sort of would rather imply that I've got some knowledge about that. Um, mm. uh, I don't know why that is. I, I just sort of have that trait. Yeah. And I guess it depends what service you're selling. I, what most people are going to ask for, I think most clients still come in, they're looking for somebody who can just build them a website that's in line with their vision of what their website should look like or their redesign should look like. And I think that's how most of the work comes in. So the stuff I'm talking about, like it's really important to know about conversion and traffic and SEO, these are, they do seem like kind of add-ons. But for me, in a way, they're, they're what interests me the most. And I think those, all the discussions with clients almost ought to start with that, you know, back, you know, right to the beginning, what, what you're going to get from, from uh, this website, you know? Yeah, we, 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 we often hear about the $10,000 website, you know, this sort of hmm. mythical price that um, represents <laughs> represents a decent project. Um, and it strikes me that when you are talking to people who just simply want a quick website, they probably, not only do they not under, understand all the technical vocabulary of mm. conversions and padding and CSS and HTML and all of that. They don't care. They simply want the thing finished and for it to look decent and the phone to ring. Whereas mm. I think, let's say, the $10,000 plus website, I would imagine that's such an investment. You know, there's going to be people behind that who are going to ask those kind of questions. They will be mm. tasked with you know, there'll be people above them delegating the responsibility for increased conversions and metrics to prove that it has, in fact, done that. So yes. by the time you're drifting into that higher price, you're going to yes. have to answer those questions because it's there's an expectation. And that's, of course, where the agencies clean up over the freelancers because, you know, oh, I don't know the answer, but I'll, I'll phone up John. He's in our office and John will give us what we need to know right away. Don't worry about it. Um, whereas for freelancers, there's that whole, right, okay, I don't know, I'll, I'll go away and I'll research it and so on. And, you know, the, for the big enterprise mm-hmm. clients, they just they need to pay the money to get those things right away. The beauty, of course, is when you find the, exp- the, the, the client who's willing to pay lots and lots of money but doesn't have that knowledge and you can teach it yes. to them and they're probably very grateful for everything that you say, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, there's a, there's a big move I see anyway for, for people who are doing web design services. That has been, there's a lot of courses out there now about, you know, getting the bigger clients or pay more. But it does seem to me that it comes with a lot of responsibility. Yes. Yeah, without stuff a doubt. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and larger organizations and perhaps a lot more sort of red tape to go through, which always frustrates me. You know, I like the idea that I could work with somebody who has reasonable autonomy so that we can do things that, a good speed get them done sort of quickly and out the door yeah that that seems to be from all the conversations that we've had that that seems Mm. to be where you feel most comfortable you you know not not the massive budget clients the ones that you can turn around quite quickly but um do do you feel um 
do do you feel like you've you you are a, an an agency you know that you are offering a full web design service or obviously i don't want you to sort of give away uh, too much about where you feel that you are lacking but do do you <laughs> do you feel that you know you're as skilled as you ought to be uh well i don't think i'll ever feel that but mm. yeah i i think i'm kind of there for what i want to do and mm. for the for if you like the agency I'm trying to set up, which is more productized, so you know, which I'm talking about, which is completely different to what I'm doing now, which is sort of odd jobbing as a freelancer. So, so yeah, I, I, I mean, there's always something that I'm interested in now. Like I think the thing is actually my main interest is now how to run a better business, really. So it's an entirely uh, unrelated, I guess, to actual web design. What what I'm lacking in, yeah. Okay, let, let's mm. throw, let's make a bucket list quickly then. Let's just throw in <laughs> some ideas of what, what we think a full-on web mm. design service. So we're talking like, um, you know, quite an expensive project. What, what are the things that we need to know? So we've mentioned somebody on the team needs to know HTML, CSS, JavaScript, mm. some kind of server language, probably... Mm some kind of there needs to be knowledge of how to um deploy this stuff on uh, some cdn infrastructure like amazon or google cloud platform or whatever somebody's got to do all mm. those kind of things then what do we need we need what what over to you oh, that's kind of covered all the, the the main basics of doing that's the, the technical side, side a, isn't it yeah that's the technical side but it, yeah i mean well god i mean the most important thing with all of this is is that, a, that you, you need to know how to be able to control the process i mean that's a, you need some kind of system and some kind of project management skills don't you Okay, so you need a project manager, a dedicated person who literally mm. never touches the code, never touches the technology, but keeps the keeps the project on time, depending mm. on what methodology you're using, make sure that the lights stay on, make sure presumably they're dealing with finance, that kind of thing, making sure the bills are getting paid and that everybody's got work to do each day, which is meaningful and pushing the project forward. Yeah, agreed. Um, what about somebody who is an expert in, say, Photoshop. You, you probably need a whole bunch of them, I would have thought. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Um, so Photoshop, and would you go as far as to say that you need an individual who is like a, a, a font, somebody that can create marketing funnels, all of that kind of stuff? Is that a unique role? Is that a job in it all, all by itself, possibly? It could be. That's always interesting because I don't know. We have we now have conversion experts that they've appeared out of. To me, seems nowhere because they all come from different backgrounds, don't they? They're marketers. They've made their own work, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> they have made their own work. Yeah, you know, and some of those are, you know, from I did a psychology degree. A lot of the people that I've, you know, who are now writing on the internet and stuff really come from that background. They've done psychology and. Uh, uh, they have nothing to do with the web, but they're talking about the web because, you know, it is really how users interact with the net, which is of, of primary importance to what we do. Yeah, and everything's so measurable these days, you know, things like mm. funnels. I, I'm also thinking that apart from having like a somebody that can create the marketing, shall we say, whatever that might be, mm. you might even need you might even need a copywriter. Um, somebody dedicated yeah. literally to writing the copy. So the marketing people come up with the ideas and the copywriter writes the copy. You've got your people doing funnels. It, I mean, this is 
is it any wonder that freelancers do freelancers <laughs> do suffer mm. sometimes from imposter syndrome or a kind of feeling of mm. boy this is all a lot because essentially you and I have to do all of those roles and you are mm-hmm. bound to be good at some of them there's bound to be a few of those that you're just drawn towards and you've just spent the time in the past and you've got that process nailed Whereas there's mm. bound to be other ones where there's a bit of fear and you're a bit nervous because you've not done it before or it's out of your you know comfort zone, not something you want to fiddle with. But um, that that just that last five minutes where we talked about what a, what an agency needs that actually makes me feel really good because it it kind of illustrates mm-hmm. that we do a lot. Um, yeah. And if you're working in an agency, you'll be doing uh, presumably one or two things at, at an amazingly high level. Whereas mm. that's not my role. My role is to sort of be a bit, a bit good at some things and a, and, a, and at least know people who can fulfil the other things. So, yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. We are generalists, aren't we? And largely, yeah. Yeah, I think the people who listen to us are all generalists. They tend to be one or two people businesses where they're doing the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Luckily, we live in an age where the generalist now more than ever has the tools you know you've got the wordpress you've got the beaver builder you've got the 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 css tools which mm. you know you can point and click and drag and move and and what have you and it it does that sort of design work for you you've got a whole slew of websites to look at to steal inspiration and you know if you're using things like beaver builder or elementor there are things which put content directly in in the website so that you don't have to bother mm. making um a, like a hero image section so it is becoming mm. easier and easier to to build the websites and I, I think my role at the minute is more and more becoming um maintaining maintaining those websites and also talking about these kind of marketing things and trying to to, to make sure that there's metrics backing all of that stuff up yeah interesting mm. Okay. I do think you can have, well, yeah, we're closing up, aren't we? I was going to lead us off to somewhere else, but I was thinking you can, um, really, I guess you can run a very different business. If you if you do have the control over the client process and, and you can save them for requesting, think this is the thing that gets me, is that most of the time when I've done sites, I... I'm doing things which are stretching my abilities, mm. uh, either with CSS, because a client's requested something they were quite like. But what is often the case is that the thing that the cl- client would like isn't actually in their best interest. It's just that we've never really controlled the process. So that's the thing that, you know, what I'm saying is you maybe not need so many skills if you're able to present um or, or control the the process in your web design so clients don't get too carried away in in the requests that they make on you. Mm. Yeah, there's mm. kind of a whole another episode right in there, it, just mm. about what the process is. Be interested mm. to yeah talk to you about that one time. What what you actually do from from start to finish on a on a project. Should we um should we wrap yeah. that one up? I think we've had about yeah. we've had I don't know exactly. We had to stop halfway through the recording of this one simply because something broke down. But, uh, it was a total cock-up. Yeah, do you know what? It was a total cock-up. Total cock-up um, in British English means that it's, um, you know, everything's gone pear-shaped. <laughs> there's another one. Um, everything's gone skew-whiff. <laughs> there's another one. Everything, there's loads of them, isn't there? Everything's gone mm. wrong, basically. A total cock-up. So that's the phrase to stick in the... No tits up. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Blooper. One of my, um, yeah. my favourites. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, yeah, we'll have the the cheesy music coming in. Um, 
I always, always, always think we should maybe do a better job of, of pushing this. But um, so I'm going to say the typical stuff. And I don't know if this is going to work or be effective. But um, yeah, if you could go to the WPBuilds.com website and put some comments in there, it's always a little bit thinner on the ground. We put this, we post this in the Facebook group as well. Do you know, David, we should always say this at the beginning, never at the end, but there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, but it would be nice to have the comments on the the website um, as well as the Facebook group. That would be lovely. But uh, yeah, as always, if you if you disagree with us or you think that we've said something which chimes with what you believe, please let us know because mm. that's really nice. We'll um, I guess we'll fade in the cheesy music, which this week is quite rocky actually. Well, wow, wow, Good. yeah, rocky. And we'll um, we'll see you next week. So this is Nathan Wrigley from PictureandWord.co.uk. And this is David Wobsey saying goodbye. Goodbye.